0: Podcast fantasy show. I am your host Adam Castor here as always with my co-host ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall. We are in for a beautiful week of weather. How are you?
1: I'd be much better if my bracket was still intact.
0: Uh, you and me both. yeah, you and me both.
1: I have um, I have a lot of hit pieces out that are subjected to many of the players who busted my bracket and teams. Uh, Illinois number one, um, Iowa. Number two, I mean, if Baylor want to lose, that would be superb. But I mean, at this point, my last my last hope is Gonzaga. Come on, Zags. Yeah,
0: no, I had uh, my three quarters of my final four are gone. I had Iowa, Texas, Illinois and Baylor. So,
1: oof. yeah, Jesus, Texas, Texas bombed you on the first night.
0: I know. I was just like, oh, shit. But, you know, the nice thing is, is I was just very excited because I I got to work on it over the weekend. So, you know, covering March Madness is Is madness. It is. It is. It It feels like a football Sunday, except it's
1: not. Well, there is nothing like a football Sunday. And I did see a, uh, a tweet. From a very popular company, which a lot of people do uh, refer to, no free advertising. I would not give them the light of day. However, are, are you Cablevision or are you Verizon? Cablevision. Okay. So on We're Verizon, awesome people, on Verizon, when you watch the TV for a prolonged period of time and you don't change the channel, it has a little window. It says idle service. It's like after four hours, where if you don't. Yeah. If you don't change the channel, it's going to say idle service and the TV going to shut off.
0: Is that like the Netflix things? like,
1: are you still watching? Kind of. Yes. When the idle service goes off, that is how you know it's been a very productive day because you've, frankly, sat on your ass for four hours and you have not moved. You had not changed the channel. You've been just staring at nothing for four hours. It's fantastic. It's what happens with the Masters. It's what happens with NFL Sundays. It doesn't really happen that much for March Madness. Because you are flipping around a lot because one game goes to commercial. You go to TBS or True TV or whatever, and you see what else is on there. I Honestly, I don't think I've watched a commercial for March Madness uh, this time around, which is, like, wonderful. But Idle Service is great. That's going to be a deep sleeper on the Basement Talk podcast. Idle Service, deep sleeper.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, this is your
1: yearly reminder that True TV exists, basically. Correct. This is your yearly reminder that you are a paying, a paying customer to whatever TV provider you have. And you realize that you are paying for True TV that you give a look in for maybe four days.
0: True TV, the home of basically impractical jokers. And that's about it.
1: Yeah. And, re- and reruns of Live PD when Live PD was a thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, whoever, noticed, whoever negotiated that TV deal, Deserves like a hundred raises. Uh, they deserve. They deserve a purple heart. Yeah, their sacrifice is mean, noted. Anyway, uh, enough basketball talk. I'm sure you're hearing enough of it now that March Madness is going, and you know the Sweet 16 is this weekend.
1: And no such thing as too much basketball talk. No such thing. We're we're still in March. It's March 23rd. We are still in March.
0: But let's talk about football because you know we're. You have all these sports going on, and we're gonna talk about the one sport that isn't even that games aren't even being played. Why would we talk about football? We're only a football podcast. Why would we talk about football? Well, football isn't technically in our name, so I guess we can talk about we can just talk about whatever. We can talk this about fantasy true.
1: anything. This is true. This is not false advertising. We can talk about fantasy hockey if we wanted to. That's true. This is the fantasy show. Any but, sort of uh, any sort of fantasy we can we can talk about. We can talk about like Skyrim. That's fantasy. That is true. That is very true.
0: But we're not. We could, but we're not. Maybe we could do that. Uh, maybe
1: we could do that on April Fool's Day. We could. We could do a little prank. We could do a little prank, but now we're not going to do it because that's so fun. But I do have something planned for April Fool's Day. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yep.
0: Anyway. My favorite so, day of the year. Yeah. The, so the big news of the day is, I mean, the big news of this past week. I was going to say the past four days. I mean, it's it's actually kind of nuts at this point. And there isn't really much we can say about it because it's just like, it's an avalanche of of uh, allegations, accusations. And we kind of touched on it on our Thursday episode or yeah, on our Thursday episode. And that's kind of where we're going to leave it. But more allegations have been um levied against Deshaun Watson. These this is the fourteenth lawsuit against Deshaun Watson. This lawsuit called Deshaun Watson a sexual or a serial predator. A serial sexual
1: predator. I mean it's 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 tough to comment on when they're not really facts out there you know um i obviously feel terrible for those that are accusing deshaun watson of that but i also feel terrible for deshaun watson now if it's proven that these things are true then of course deshaun watson he can meet his maker for all i care but at the end of the day i am going to keep my analysis of this brief Because I am not for Conjuncture Or for speculation Until the facts Prove themselves I notice how I'm being very careful with the words That I am choosing
0: Well you know you don't You don't want to get fired or sued Or anything like that
1: No no, I don't want that So I'm just going to say I'm sticking by what I've said all along If there are facts to back this all up then there's a problem and we will discuss that at a later date if there are no facts to back this up and these are all spineless accusations then we'll talk about that at a later date but i well, think for i think for now you know there is there's a lot of gray in in both directions with this i will
0: Listen, I also want to be as neutral as possible.
1: Yes. With this,
0: but it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like this is all like a coordinated hoax, where you have fourteen separate people, up to twenty-two separate people, all across the country. It seems like, who are alleging similar acts that took place, of escalating severity, also.
1: Yes. But I am I am choosing to well, we will
0: see. We can just say that. We'll yeah, see.
1: Yeah. I am I, waiting to see the rest of these facts come out. And until then, I am gonna be walking a fine line on this one. Right. So let's move on to the
0: to uh, the sport on the field. That's, Please that's, God. That's what that's what we're doing. And uh, Tom, uh, Mike Davis signed with the Atlanta Falcons. I almost said Thomas Davis. I I don't know why.
1: Maybe they'll do you a favor and they'll bring in Thomas Davis too. Who is Thomas Davis? Where have Thomas I, Davis?
0: Where have I heard that name before?
1: He's an ex linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. That's why.
0: Yeah, they did not sign Thomas Davis. No.
1: That would have
0: been funny. It was like a uh, you know an intra division rivalry kind of deal. But no, they signed Mike Davis to a two year deal former i don't know like what fifth guy on the depth, on the depth chart for the uh, Seattle Seahawks he did play with Carolina uh
1: last and Chicago.
0: year and Chicago he filled in pretty admirably for Christian McCaffrey when Christian McCaffrey was injured he was like the guy that we talked about a lot on the uh on the fantasy show on I feel like program. it was every
1: week <laughs>
0: every week we're like just pick up Mike Davis just I feel like it was him. every week just fuck it just start just start Mike Davis
1: yeah, I mean, this screams to me, like, unless they're going to draft somebody, which is – there's a good shot that Atlanta does go and bring somebody in, but you're looking at a backfield right now of Mike Davis, Brian Hill, and Ido Smith. So I know who my starter is right now, and it's Mike Davis. So – Of course it's Mike Davis. I mean, this guy – yeah, at least in later rounds, Adam, I, I think he's got some appeal. I, I would even say early double-digit rounds, depending on where his value kind of settles at, if he's going to be going in as the number one guy for, for the Falcons. Now, obviously with the draft, this can change a thousand more times. I know what I've seen from Eno Smith. I know what I've seen from Brian Hill. I know what I've seen from Mike Davis. And if you ask me, based on what Mike Davis did last year, I think he deserves an opportunity at least to get the early run as the as the guy for uh, for the Falcons. So if he if he can make it out of this draft without Atlanta drafting a running back, which full full disclosure, I think they do, but if they don't. We're talking about Mike Davis potentially as a really, really good value pick in fantasy drafts come August and September.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a guy, like we said, we saw him fill in admirably for, for Christian McCaffrey in, in Carolina. And, you know, at this point, the Falcons, like, listen, Todd Gurley, the Todd Gurley experiment failed. We know that miserably. And, Part of it wasn't—it wasn't the Falcons' fault. Like, not all of it was the Falcons' fault. Todd Gurley just couldn't stay on the field, and he kind of broke down, and he had to be shut down for for the uh, for the latter half of the season. But you know, the Falcons' running game was solid when it, when the running game, like you know, their tandem of running backs kind of worked, even if Todd Gurley was it was sidelined with some sort of injury or he was banged up. And so at this point, I mean, the Falcons, you know, if they keep Matt Ryan, if they keep Julio Jones, this could be, this could give um, a guy like Mike Davis a lot of opportunities, not only, you know, on the ground, but also through the air, making him a, you know, a good PPR option.
1: Adam, I couldn't say that much better myself. Couldn't say it much better myself. Hit the nail right on the head.
0: They also signed Barkevius Mingo to a one-year contract
1: one of the best names in the nfl i know fantastic to say
0: one of the biggest draft busts in recent memory
1: but a great name to say Barkevious mingo yeah Barkevious mingo yep fantastic name
0: um also as nice
1: as star latulia
0: yeah that's also a good one um we're going to talk a bit about we're going to talk more about the giants when we talk about the NFCs, because and the Washington moves.
1: Football Team as well, because I don't think we talked about their signing unless we did. Fitzpatrick. No, Curtis Samuel. Oh, we did
0: talk about. I think we did talk about Curtis Samuel.
1: Okay, okay. I we talk,
0: We'll still talk about it though. Like oh, of we're not going we to just not.
1: Yeah, of course we will.
0: But uh, so we can talk about the Giants landing Adoree Jackson and Kenny Galladay later in the show. Uh, one thing that's interesting is Corey Davis, your favorite receiver in the league.
1: I love him. He's a great guy.
0: He said that he signed with the New York jets with the understanding that Sam Darnold will be the one throwing him the ball. So I guess that means that either the jets are drafting Penny Sewell at two, or they're going to trade back or who knows Maybe they go balls out and draft Devontae Smith at two. That would be kind of nuts. Things change,
1: though. Things things definitely change. Um, you know, I don't, I honestly, you know, it doesn't matter, quite frankly, what Corey Davis understands or what he doesn't understand. The fact of the matter is is that he signed with the Jets. Someone's going to be throwing in the ball. Question is who? If it is Sam, then great. Sam's going to have. A ton of options to to throw to, you know, with Corey Davis, with Jamison Crowder, with Denzel Mims expected to take another step in year two. I mean, the connection between Donald and, and Crowder is, is undeniable, but you get somebody else that can free up space for Crowder to do his thing, and then Crowder can free up space for Corey Davis to do his thing. You know, there's there, there's a little connection there, and you can see something with what the Jets are trying to do. I would say, though, for me, I think Sam is just done in New York. And I think that they need to just be settling on, on Zach Wilson because, I mean, let's face it, up until week 13, the Jets were taking quarterback. The Jets were getting ready to throw Sam to the curb and take Trevor Lawrence. And then what happened happened, rattling off two wins in a row. And then now look at where they are. They're in a position where they have to decide between Sam or Zach Wilson. Well, you were getting ready to replace Sam, and now it's a matter of, oh, we didn't get the guy, but we're getting a guy in Zach Wilson. Is he, can he be the guy? Can he be at the level of Trevor Lawrence? Can he be close to that? Or is Zach Wilson just another Sam Darnold? And I think the one thing that we've learned from this is the Jets should never look at the University of Southern California ever again for their draft prospects. I agree. Well, I mean at least quarterbacks. No, draft prospects, period. Stay away. Just stay stay away from USA. Just
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you had Sam, Mark Sanchez, Chumoyadoga.
1: Yeah. Stay away.
0: Okay. Fair stay enough. away,
1: stay away from USC if you are the New York Jets.
0: Honestly, jeez. And I kind of agree. I mean, I think I, I, it's not up to Corey Davis. That's the thing. No, can be, absolutely not. I'm sure he'd be happier having a veteran quarterback throwing him the ball. But
1: I, I don't think at he this cares. point. I, I don't at think this he cares. point.
0: It friendly. doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. I I don't think Corey Davis really cares about who's throwing him the ball as long as he's getting the opportunity to get the ball, which he's going to, which he, he is absolutely going to. The question is, who's going to be that guy? Me personally, I want it to, I want it to be Zach Wilson. Yeah, well, I do too. I definitely do want it to be uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, I I – updated my ranks over the weekend and for what it's worth i do have Corey davis now as my wide receiver 33 where coming into free agency he was ranked as my wide receiver 45 so i've moved him up about 12 spots which i think is i think it's fair wide receiver 33 you're kind of drafting him at what i believe is going to be his floor and then his ceiling probably is like a top 24 receiver
0: yeah Definitely. I mean, it's and it all depends on who who is throwing him the ball.
1: But yes, absolutely, hundred percent correct. He won't care as long as he's getting the ball. That that just yeah. want to preface that. All
0: right. So let's go into our divisional preview. And guess who we're starting with first, because it's alphabetical order. The Dallas Cowboys.
1: Oh, what a great franchise.
0: Mr. Birdstall. Yes, sir. As a Cowboys fan, I am going to do something that I don't do a fair amount of the time, and that is shut
1: up. Oh, it's a pleasure. And I'm going to let you talk about the Cowboys. Thank you so much, Adam. Well, I want to just start by talking about the offseason that Dallas has had. And they basically have done next to nothing so far, but Keanu Neal. Coming in from Atlanta, I think it's a gr- potentially great signing for Dallas. Now there were some whispers that uh, Dan Quinn might want to play him as a weak side linebacker. I don't believe that for a second. I think Dallas needs all the safety help that they can get, especially if Xavier Woods is not going to be retained free agency. Then you absolutely have to have Keanu Neal as a safety, unless you just plan on going completely off the board and drafting a safety in the first round or even the second round. So, but that's that's a draft discussion for another day. Dallas, obviously, resigning Dak Prescott is huge. Uh, he comes into the year for me as the number four quarterback behind Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. So I'm, I'm pretty much drafting Dak Prescott wherever I can get him. Uh, Zeke Elliott, this is an interesting one for me because he's being drafted right now as a first round pick. He's going to be drafted as a first round pick, but I don't know how comfortable I am with drafting Zeke, especially after the year that he had last year. I would probably say that if you're going to be picking in the range of eight to 10, if you can get him on the low end of that, which is like, you know, the, the one two turn, you have to take Zeke. I think it's just it's too good a value to pass up. But if you're picking at the top end of that, you're taking seven or eight and you have to make a decision between Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor. That's a really, really tough decision that you'll uh, you'll have to make there. And I don't envy you. And if you do take Ezekiel Elliott, you have to take Tony Pollard. You have got to because he has standalone value. Uh, Dallas showed more of an effort to use him and get him more involved. You would see. You know, two drives would be with Zeke, and then Pollard would get one drive by himself. And they want they want to incorporate him more and more into the offense. I think Dallas knows they have a really really good player there. So if you if you draft Zeke, you have to draft Tony Pollard, 100 percent. And then the receivers, I mean, you you kind of know what you're going to get from Amari Cooper at this point. He's going to be an 1100 yard receiver. He's going to get you seven eight touchdowns. He's going to have some stinker games, but he's going to have some monster, monster games. And people, I think, are going to slander Amari Cooper because he's not that flashy receiver. He's not that Demonte Adams. He's not a Michael Thomas. He, people want to say that he's boring, and they want to say that Adam Thielen is a better receiver than Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is one of the best receivers in the National Football League, again, that nobody talks about. People talk about him because he plays with the Cowboys. That's about it. But you look at Amari Cooper's numbers when he's been in Dallas, they are unreal. And you can talk about usage. You can talk about whatever you want. But the fact of the matter is what he has in Dallas, he did not have in Oakland when he was there with the Raiders. They're getting him the ball now in Dallas more consistently. He has a great relationship with Dak Prescott and even with Andy Dalton last year. Andy Dalton looked Amari Cooper's way more times than not. Uh, sometimes it didn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, given Andy Dalton's limitations as a quarterback, but I'm still drafting Amari Cooper as a top 20 receiver. I think you can probably get him early fourth, late third, and you, that's great value for him. I know. I don't know why, you know, he's going backwards, but I think with the rise of receivers such as DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, uh, Deontay Johnson to an extent. I know people that will take Deontay Johnson over Amari Cooper. And to me, that's just absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get, I don't get that. I don't get that either. Then of course the whole T Higgins thing. That's, that's another conversation. I can't wait to have that when we get to the AFC North, uh, to really go in on that one. Um, but, and then one of my favorite sleepers this year is CD lamp. I think I'm going to want to take CD lamb every single place that I can possibly get him. He simply has just breakout written all over him. And if you could tell me that CD lamb is going to be a thousand yard receiver this year with a healthy Dak Prescott for 16 games. Oh, CD lamb could be a guy. I, I honestly, I think CD lamb is the kind of player that we're talking about who's being drafted in the seventh round, sixth, seventh round this year if you told me that you're de- this time next year, we're talking about CD lamb as like a second, third round pick. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised one bit. If that is the case, Michael Gallup, he's a good bench receiver. If something happens to Amari Cooper or CD lamb, then Gallup immediately becomes a must start wide receiver on any given week. But other than that, he's just, he's kind of a guy that you're going to draft in later rounds and hope something pans out there. And as for the tight ends, I mean, I've talked about Blake Jarwood and I've talked about Dalton Schultz enough times. I like them both. I think they have really, really nice upside. And whomever the starting tight end is going to be, whoever is the tight end one for Dallas, I think has really, really good value. Because in seasons where Dak Prescott has completed the entire year while he's been the starter, no tight end has had less than 90 targets. So that tight end is going to be used. He's going to be incorporated heavily into this offense, even with the loaded three receivers and Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, that tight end does get his reps. So uh, whether it is Jarwin, whether it is Schultz, I like them both. I think Dalton Schultz showed a lot last year and Blake Jarwin two years ago. I think he really showed a lot as well. So I'm bullish on, on the Cowboys and Adam before, we go into the uh, terrible football team from New Jersey. I want to ask. I want to ask you uh, a question because.
0: Well, I have a I question think, also, so uh, we can we can trade questions. Perfect. So,
1: in my keeper league, right now I am keeping DK Metcalf, and I'm keeping Aaron Rodgers. I am short on draft picks, big time. So. What I'm thinking is try and shop Aaron Rodgers, get some draft picks and then keep Dak Prescott, who's on free agency right now for a sixth round pick where I think he's going to go somewhere in that range. Do I do it? Or do I just say, you want know, to keep Aaron Rodgers and ride with it?
0: Well, Honestly, that's kind of a tough decision. It is. Because you you have the need that, of draft capital, which which is understandable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But also you have a guy in Aaron Rodgers who is a phenomenal quarterback, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, I don't know. I think – is it crazy to say that having Dak Prescott isn't too much of a f- – from a fantasy perspective – having Dak Prescott isn't too much of a step down?
1: Mm, I th- don't think so at all. I think the the value with Aaron Rodgers is way better than with Dak. Rodgers for a 10th versus Dak for a 6th. It's it's Rodgers for a 10th. That That's not close for me, but I think there are people out there that will see Aaron Rodgers for a 10th and will say, yeah, that's great value for Aaron Rodgers and they'll want to trade some draft picks that I can recoup for that. So if I were to do that, I would just say, "You know what? I'll trade Aaron Rodgers, give me um give me a 5th round pick and I'll give you an 8th, something like that, and then use a 6th round pick on on keeping Dak." I think you should keep Dak and trade Aaron Rodgers.
0: I think so, too. What a weird. I really, I really think so. So my question is not about the is not a meta question. It's not about the uh, the the game within the game of fantasy football. It's about the actual Cowboys. Okay. Do you think that now that Dalton Schultz has kind of established himself in Blake Jarwin's absence? Mm -hmm. Do you think that Kellen Moore and or Mike McCarthy are going to think about using two tight end sets more?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Because I think it offers – you you're offered a little bit more in terms of offensive creativity when you're running with two tight end sets. You can throw teams off thinking that it's going to be a run play when really you're setting two tight ends out there and and running in the flat. You know, something like that. The one thing with the Cowboys offense last year and in years past – is that it's just lacked any and all creativity. It's like a 90s-style offense that they're running in the late 2010s and the early 2020s. You know, that's not what we see in today's game. You look at the best offenses in football, they're innovative, they're stylish, they are pretty on the eye, whereas the Dallas offense, it is not pretty on the eye at all. And you could say... You know, name value this, name value that, but I mean, this is this offense. While it puts up points, it, it definitely puts up points. It's not the prettiest thing in the world. So Dallas just has to get more creative on the offensive side of the ball. While, of course, and and, and to be fair, I will say that the offense definitely is like the the head, shoulders, knees, and toes of this football team, considering how bad this defense is. With Keanu Neal coming in, I think that helps Dallas a lot. But if I'm Jerry Jones and I'm Will McClay, I'm Stephen Jones, I'm all the Cowboys draft room, I'm spending eight picks in this draft on defense. I'm not even looking at the offensive side of the ball. You, you don't need anything. I know Kyle Pitts is there. I know Kyle Pitts is super, super appealing because, my God, a 4 holy shit. That's like he's running out of the gym. He's he's a freak, Kyle Pitts. He's a freak. Don't take him, though, Dallas. Don't be tempted. You need defense. You need defense. And what hurts Dallas, too, is that Caleb Fairley, the corner out of Virginia Tech, needs major back surgery. So that is another – that's a corner that Dallas was interested in that is now more than likely – going to need a medical check to see if he's good. So if he's out, of, they, if he's out yeah, of the picture, would, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Why do the Cowboys draft a tight end anyway? Just because he's of the so Cowboys.
0: Good? Oh, let's have three tight ends. Three.
1: Let's have three tight ends that could start. They're the goddamn Cowboys, Adam. The never, never rule out anything. It puts it'll put asses in seats. If you draft Kyle Pets. I mean, you're right. Kyle Pitts, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dak Prescott. Holy shit.
0: Well, I guess that's why they drafted CeeDee Lamb anyway, is to put asses in seats.
1: True. And which this is, is what opp- I said at the time. Yes, this is another opportunity. The only way that Dallas would not pick defense in the first round, which I would be okay with, is if they pick tackle. If they were to take Rashawn Slater ahead of the Giants, that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. Sure. It would be. We said, fuck you to the Eagles last year. And we can say, fuck you to the giants this year. That would be so great. And Rashawn Slater is a man child. He can move earth. And I I, I'll say this right now. I believe I've even said it on the basement talk podcast. I'll say it here. Rashawn Slater is my number one tackle in this draft. Hands down. Over Penny Sewell. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's
1: interesting. That yeah. is something. We'll talk about that more when we get to uh, get to the the draft. I think Sewell gets drafted first, but in terms of personal preference, I like Slater more than I like Sewell.
0: Well, uh, let's move on to the New York Giants and uh, talk about their big free agent signing, Mike Lennon. Mister Glennon, Mike Glennon, Mister Glennon. No. Uh, They signed Kenny Galladay. Quite the contract. Yeah. Four years, $72 million, and uh, $40 million of that is guaranteed. The Jets won the
1: offseason paying Corey Davis $13 million while the Giants paid Kenny Galladay $18. Yeah, I mean, that is... Unbelievable! Uh, big contract. It's big quite contract. A contract. I mean, we've seen Kenny Galladay be great. We've seen him be a red zone monster. I think there's a possibility that Kenny Galladay is to Daniel Jones what Stephon Diggs is to Josh Allen. There, there is that possibility, one hundred percent. But I also have to believe that Daniel Jones is good. And I, well, you yeah, don't know. Help that you already believe that Josh Allen was good, but true, true. I, I, I mean, look, I backed my king. I, I, I backed my king. We, we love Josh Allen. And is that I, the sing- and to is that fair, the singular we, that's a singular we. Yes, y- y- you, don't know talent if it's matching in the face. You still think Mark Sanchez is good? He was for two years. Oh, for two years, yeah but daniel jones I, I i don't know what it is he just he just lacks something you know and i i i don't know what it is i don't know what don't know he it lacks it durability no i don't think ball it's security? durability ball security he definitely lacks yeah i think it's just more he lacks that being good <laughs> He's like, he's, he's boring. He's
0: boring. I, have you seen, have you seen his post game? Have you seen his press conferences?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have. And let me, and let me tell you, they are, pff, it's like a carbon copy of Eli Manning.
0: Oh, well, you know, you know, we're just doing whatever we can for the team. You know, it's all about the team here at, at, the, at the giants and the, you know, it's nice to get, uh, get him involved.
1: <laughs> God, it, he is he is ungodly boring. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Galladay, he has appeal. Okay, he he definitely does. I just don't know if I'm going to be taking him where I'm going to be fighting with Giants fans to do it. That's that's like the biggest problem that I have is well, here's, know here's your room people that especially the New York giants fans will see Kenny Galladay new giants receiver and will take him around and a half higher than where he should be going. So if you are in New York and you know, giants fans that are in your league, know the room also maxi- maximize that. and have somebody else take him.
0: Here's the other thing. This could lead us it This will lead us into talking about Daniel Jones, because if Daniel Jones Does not succeed. This man, this is probably the best supporting cast that Daniel Jones has had. He might have a full, probably have a full season, if not maybe a partial season of Saquon Barkley. Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, and Kyle Rudolph. If he doesn't succeed with that kind of supporting cast, then... Uh, welcome to your future Giants quarterback, uh, Sam Howell. It's, I mean, they're going to have to be tuning into Tar Heels games.
1: It's make or break. It it really is make or break for Daniel Jones. This this or is Central his this, this is his year to show that he can be the guy. Or Joe Judge is going to replace him, plain and simple, because that's not Joe Judge's guy. Simple.
0: Yeah, I mean, he didn't. Uh, yeah, he didn't draft him. That's it. He, this was, this was Pat Shermer's guy, Pat Shermer, well, Pat Shermer and Dave Gellerman. Um, But yeah, I mean, th- this is it. This is a make or break year for, they're putting Daniel Jones at the best position to succeed at all. All that it matters is that he succeeds, but I don't, I don't trust uh, Daniel Jones yet as like a fantasy relevant person. Really, it's more, Ancillary, where you you think about Daniel Jones in the context of his receivers, where you're like, I like Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Saquon Barkley. But what matters is the quarterback play, because he's the one that's going to be facilitating the uh, the offense here. And whether whether uh, Giants fans or fantasy players like it or not um those guys are going to be re- re- those guys are going to be relying on Daniel Jones to succeed and that's the and that's the deal
1: i mean i agree with you on a whole bunch where you know if we're looking at daniel jones through a scope of what he is versus what he can be this is a big year for him, Adam, because, like you said, the supporting cast is the best supporting cast that he has had while he's been a member of the New York Giants. Plain and simple. So, if he can't get it done, he's gone. He's gone. Plain and simple. Yeah. The weirdest thing
0: is Kenny Galladay in his uh, in his press conference that he did on Saturday, he was like, well, you know, I like the vision that Joe judge and Jason Garrett have here. Mm-hmm. And that's what brought me to the Giants.
1: I was like, really, you like the, you like the vision for the offense of Jason Garrett. Can I, 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 I could, I could have talked to you about that, my friend. I mean, it's uh it's not a, not a pleasant vision for sure, but, um, I, I want to move on from talking about Gallaudet to talking about the one guy that everybody seems to be talking about in terms of, the giants and that's Saquon Barkley. Where are you taking Saquon Barkley, Adam? Well, here here's the key. I'm not
0: taking Saquon Barkley. I'm going I'm going to try and not do that. That's I don't probably want, probably a good idea. I am listen, it's this is one of those deals where he You're going to see Saquon Barkley and his potential is going to hit you in the face like a truck. His potential, his past success, it's going to be like go pick me, pick me. I did really well when I'm not injured. I'm like, well there's the rub. It's when you're not injured. You're always injured. True. And I just don't think that Saquon Barkley it's crazy to say this, but I just don't want
1: to. I don't want that headache. I have some breaking news. Yes. This is going to shock you. So you remember if I don't know if it was on here, or if it was, I think it was on here where I talked about Marcus Mariota. Yep. And it was either his pay cut. Yep. That's the one he took the pay cut. Oh my God. Marcus Mariota. Why one year, three and a half million dollar deal where he can make 8 million in incentives. So basically he can make that money back with overall incentives. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean at least just be like, well, you
0: know, maybe convert that to a signing bonus, restructure the restructure his contract, but no, you just gave, made made him take a pay cut. That's ridiculous.
1: Well, guess what if he plays, he'll make he'll make that 8 million back with ease. Quite frankly. Um Back to Barkley. I'm comfortable with taking him number six overall. That's probably the ceiling of where I would draft him. If you can get him at eight or nine, I would be okay with it. I would want to see what the Giants do first in terms of continuing to reinforce their offensive line. Well, here's Another, the thing. You, yes. He's not going to make it past five in a lot of drafts. Probably not based on based on name value. But I could tell you right now, I'd rather have Austin Eckler I'd rather have Jonathan Taylor. I would rather have even Ezekiel Elliott in the back of the first round versus Saquon Barkley in the middle of the first round. And I know I know people are rolling their eyes and saying, "Oh, it's only a difference of three, four, five, or six picks," but it makes a big difference. Well, it it it's not, not you're not making difference.
0: these pi- you're not making these picks in a vacuum. You have to think about what you're going to be. It puts you in a better position to supplement your your roster after you make those picks because you're picking later in the later in the first round then you're up again in a couple more picks and you can get another running back to pair with Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott or whoever. So it makes that pick even better.
1: I would say this, Adam. I would say in terms of safety, right, I would say Barkley is the least safe out of him, Eckler, Taylor, Zeke. In terms of ceiling, however, I think he has the highest ceiling. Low's floor, highest ceiling, I think. So it's like if you want to take that risk, go 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 plunge. Plunge off the deep end. Go for it. But for me, the way that I draft, I, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not doing it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm not doing it either. I mean, that's the... That is the biggest story, aside from like Kenny Galladay, like you said, it's the biggest story surrounding the New York Giants and the biggest questions. The biggest question surrounding the New York Giants is what the heck's going to be going on with Saquon Barkley? Can you trust Saquon Barkley? And in my mind, I can't trust him.
1: No. No, I can't. I can't you know there's I... going to be something with Saquon. I also forgot to mention this at the top of the program. I'll mention it now. So over the weekend... I did my first official draft order of twenty twenty one and I got the eight pick. Well, muzzle tough. And I'm look I'm looking at Eckler, I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean in a a ten team league. Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, Chubber. That works. I mean, I'm not I'm not looking at Zeke, but I'm I'm willing to play the game with uh anyone that has Zeke Elliott on their radar where if they want to take him below me, they can take him below me. If not, then I'll take I'll take Zeke in the second if you're telling me I can get the Zeke in the second round, I would do I would do a backflip. I would do a backflip. I mean that would be pretty
0: nuts. That would be like love a really it. good
1: I would love it.
0: Really good pick.
1: Do I think it happens? No. Nope. <laughs> no. But yeah, I think uh nice little running back duo of Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor and then in the third third round take Amari Cooper or something like that and then in the fourth round I go with Cam Akers. Mm. Mm, 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 mm.
0: I well, see a pathway
1: something. to me getting my son Cam Akers. Is it I mean, is it good. fair to say that Cam Akers is my is, is my child? Yeah.
0: At this point at this point.
1: Yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. But I just wanted to point that out that I have a, uh, I have an eight pick in, uh, in the bag. So you want to move on to the Eagles? Yes, let's move on to the
0: Eagles. Ugh, God. I mean, this team is so. This team is a, is a team in flux. You trade Foster away... They traded away Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. Pennies on the dollar. Um. Jalen Hurts did pretty well uh, when he was uh, thrust into action. They just fired. They fired Doug Peterson. It's Nick Sirianni coming in, and I mean the only guy really for the Philadelphia Eagles that you're really confident in, and even then, is Miles Sanders.
1: Yeah, I and, and I don't even know if I would say confident. Like, I, I mean, and confident. also
0: Dallas Goddard because I think. It seems more and more likely that Zacherts is going to get traded.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm liking Goddard a little bit more. I know that I wasn't super high on him, uh, but I am. I, I'm I'm warm. I'm warming to to Goddard a little bit. Uh, Sanders though, mm, eh, I have him as my RB seventeen. So he's like a mid RB two for me. I don't, I don't know where fantasy pros has him. Um, um I have him, have him 13, lower. I'm sure. Where 13. Yeah. I I knew I had him lower. I, I, I absolutely know it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not looking at Sanders at all. Give me acres over miles Sanders. Give me Antonio Gibson over miles Sanders. Um, I think really the, the, the main one that the main two that I'm going back and forth on are Miles Sanders or Joe Mixon, where I think I would want Mixon, I think. And then Sanders or Swift. And I think I'd rather have Swift.
0: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because DeAndre Swift is ranked 11, Joe
1: Mixon's ranked
0: 12 and Miles Sanders is 13.
1: Of course. Of course. Go figure. My life, my life can never be easy. No. Yeah. I think I, but, I think I would rather ha- I think if you ask me to rank the five. Well, you know you're right.
0: Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. Well, there's no right, but like this there's is no wrong.
1: There's no right. Yes.
0: In fantasy, but I think that
1: it's accurate to say that. If you ask me to rank the five, I would say Acres one, Gibson two. Swift three, Mixon four, Sanders five.
0: Mm, that's interesting,
1: and it, it's it it's yeah. like not close between two and three. Like I think Gibson, Gibson and Acres, I love way more than I would love Swift, Mixon or Sanders. Which would be exciting when we talk about the football team. Yeah, Swift, Swift. I'm kind
0: of getting spitting on. Kind of. I don't know why people. Yeah, I don't know why you're so low on Swift. I mean, everybody, or maybe it's that I don't know why people are so high on Swift. That's
1: I'm lower than most on on Swift. I know people that really like him. I think people like him because they view him sort of as an kind of an Austin Eckler. They kind of see that with with Swift. All the Lions have to do for me is really commit to him problem is their offensive line is is not great. Jared Goff is as unreliable as possible. And this offense looks like it's going to stink. This whole team looks like it's going to stink. Yeah. And I I said I am not investing this year in stinky football teams. So that kind of makes me out on Swift, at least personally. But for the sake of the podcast, I I guess – Non non P P R. See, Abby even doesn't like DeAndre Swift. We talk about DeAndre Swift, and Abby is now upset. I would say Swift is definitely more valuable in P P R than in non hundred percent. Well, yeah, that is self evident. Yeah, I don't even know where he's ranked in non P P R according to fantasy pros. I couldn't well, like tell 15, you fifteen. I mean fifty. I would. I would. My guess would probably be like sixteen. He's in, thirteen. In non PPR, thirteen in non PPR.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, I was in uh, half PPR.
1: Oh, I see, I see. In non PPR,
0: he's seventeen.
1: Uh, that's okay. That's what I thought. 16, 17. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it could be warmed up on uh, on Swift, but after the rest of the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is a fine option. But the problem is is He's not consistent enough throwing the ball. It's one of the that was one of the biggest myths of all time last year, was that Jalen Hurts was actually good throwing the football. There were games where he was good, and there were games where he was downright terrible. So I, I want people to understand that Jalen Hurts is like a more glorified Lamar Jackson kind of. Where I mean they can yeah. run, they can scramble. Obviously, Hurts can't run as much as Lamar. Let's make that perfectly clear. But their ability outside the pocket is well noted, but their ability in terms of getting the ball downfield, there's still some question marks there. Outside of that, it's um, yeah, it's not not great for for Philadelphia. Goddard, Sanders, and Hertz for me are the only are the only players right now that are draftable for the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Yeah, I mean, in 15 games, parts of 15 games, he started a couple of them, of course. He had a 52% completion percentage for just over a 1,000 yards passing with six touchdowns and four picks. Mm -hmm. He rushed for 354 yards for three rushing touchdowns. So, I don't know. I mean, one thing that's kind of noticeable... Is that he fumbled the ball six times when rushing, and he lost two of them, and he fumbled the ball when dropping back to pass three times.
1: Yeah, he needs work. He needs work. Maybe I understand why Doug Peterson wants to see Nights- wanted to see Nate Slatfeld down.
0: Yeah, I mean it makes more sense to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Giants' fans' tears, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yes. All right. So let's move on to the Washington football team. Oh, ho, ho, ho Oh, I,
1: uh, this is, I love Washington. They're just uh, they're, they're so set weird. up so well to be competitive this year.
0: I think honestly, I think, the, this team is going to be. I mean, listen. If Dak Prescott stays healthy, Cowboys are gonna might run away with the division. But it's going to be a dogfight uh, between the the football team and the Giants for second place in the NFC East.
1: I disagree. I think Washington wins the division. Really? Yeah, because I think Washington's defense is just eons better than Dallas. Unless Dallas has something up their sleeve where they're going to go and improve this defense drastically which they need to do they absolutely need to do that this this defense cannot be allowing 30 plus points a game again i mean there's just there's just no way whereas washington they signed william jackson a great great cover corner they retain that front seven which is arguably one of the most underrated front sevens in football of course spearheaded by chase young this is a really really good defense for Washington. I would argue that the Washington defense is draftable this year. And I would even, I would even say very usable because you look at the the offenses in this division, namely the Giants and the Eagles. I think those are going to potentially be two layup games for Washington because what's the thing that they do really, really well before? They stopped the run. They were one of the best run-stuffing teams in the league last year. That covers it with the Giants, with Saquon Barkley. With the Eagles, the Eagles are just terrible all around. So if you're telling me that Washington's going to get four matchups against the Giants and the Eagles, the Giants at the Meadowlands I think might be one that I would just kind of say, meh, on. But the Eagles home and away, I mean, that's like a must start for me. Must start if you you have the the Washington football team. But um, fantasy-wise, Fitzpatrick. Elite, elite second quarterback in two quarterback leagues. I would be drafting him everywhere I can as your second quarterback or your third quarterback without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I mean, this
0: it's pretty solid where you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have Terry McLaurin, and now Curtis Samuel – Plus Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson and that, and the good offensive line kind of underrated
1: underrated offensive line. Absolutely. Adam. Absolutely. It
0: all signs are pointing in a good direction for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Interesting thing about Washington, Ryan Kerrigan is a free agent.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: I wonder if they're going to bring him back.
1: Probably Uh, they've talked. They've they've talked. I know that.
0: I know he demanded, he demanded a trade, um, a while back
1: yeah but uh, I guess that's not gonna happen but who knows no they've they've talked Kerrigan in Washington um, a reunion can be possible will it happen I'm not sure but it, it is remotely possible that Kerrigan goes back to uh, to DC
0: but otherwise just talking about the rest of the football team um, th- yeah you look at the offense, you look at the defense, this team has potential to be pretty good. And I like, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. The one thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick is when is he going to get benched for Taylor Heineke or even Kyle Allen? Who knows if Ryan Fitzpatrick is even going to be the starter or whatever quarterback they draft? Yeah. Who even knows if, like, who's going to be the starter for, for Washington?
1: It's going to be an open competition. It's going to be an open competition. I would expect that Fitzpatrick has the leg up in that. But that's kind of just me going with my gut. That's nothing concrete. I'm just thinking that Fitzpatrick has the leg up. But whoever the quarterback is going to be, there are plenty of options here. Antonio Gibson's top 15 running back for me in both PPR and non-PPR. Terry McLaurin is a very solid top 20 receiver. The only thing with him... The only downside with him is that the lack of touchdowns. So he's kind of like a poor man's DJ Moore. Doesn't get as many receptions, but gets the same amount of touchdowns. And the yards are always going to be there with Terry McLaurin. Free with Curtis Samuel, and Cur- yeah, and Curtis Samuel too. This is an interesting one because Ron Rivera loved Curtis Samuel when he was the head coach in Carolina. Now that Curtis Samuel is now in Washington, there be more opportunities, I think for for Curtis Samuel to get some decent reps. So I, I have to, uh, Curtis Samuel as a top 40 receiver as of right now. That could change as we get closer to the season. But right now I have him as a top 40 option in, in PPR, non PPR. He barely cracks my top 50, but um, w- we'll see with, with Samuel. He's a guy that I would definitely keep my eye on for sure. And then Logan Thomas is one of my favorite late round tight ends this year. He is one of my favorites. Uh, he he is my tenth tight end. He's being drafted as a sixteenth tight end. So for me, that is just someone that screams, screams value, 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 value.
0: I agree. I definitely agree. I think people are get, people kind of expected Washington to be terrible uh, last year, and they, I mean, they were kind of terrible. I mean, if it wasn't for mm-hmm. the rest of the NFC East, they probably wouldn't have even. Gotten a sniff of a home playoff game. But I think that a lot more people are going to be investing in Washington this season in drafts. You're going to see a lot more WAS next to players' names when you're checking I- fantasy cast. Yeah,
1: I definitely think so. And, you know, Washington, they're, they're building something there and get, give them credit. Give them credit. I think Dan Schneider has made probably the best hire that he could have possibly made. When he brought in Ron Rivera probably two days after Carolina let him go, I doubt he was even interviewed for the job. I think Washington said, you know what? We know what you're about. We're, we're giving you this job. So well, is this Dan Snyder made a right made decision? Dan Snyder made a right decision. He made a correct decision? I've never seen this before. He did. He did. He hit this one right on the head. Fair play. Fair play to him. And, and okay, well, this with is,
0: ter- franchises with terrible owners having good teams after having good coaching hires. It's
1: ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they – the only thing they need to do now is draft a quarterback. Draft a quarterback, whether it's Lance, whether it's Mac Jones, whomever it is, draft a quarterback. And then let them let them marinate. Let them marinate behind whether it's Heineke, whether it's Fitz, whomever. Let them marinate. Don't rush them into it. And Washington could be a real force uh coming within the next three or four years for sure. Yep. All right. So
0: next. Next time on Thursday, we're going to be talking about the AFC North. Very exciting stuff. Super. So now you can uh, have your rant about T. Higgins. I can.
1: And I'm looking forward to it.
0: So anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes, not only the Fantasy Show, but also the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Basement Talk Podcast Quiz Votational. And coming soon, Jake's podcast about combat sports. Very exciting stuff.
1: There is one, I believe, coming this weekend.
0: So that is exciting. So you can find all of those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, And we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show.
1: Bye-bye.